Psalm 27. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's a wonderful declaration. But God. How many times? But God. This, this, this and this. But God. Wow, what a privilege. It's okay to kind of feel or even express a little excitement. Do not look to me for that. I'm not designed to look nice or smile. So plough your own course, the course that will be pleasing to him. Yes. One day my face will change. Wait for the Lord. Hey, here's an interesting thing. Um, Avril was talking to me during the week about, she'd looked up on this. Wait is not some kind of passive thing. Wait for the Lord. I mean, there is a measure of passivity often in waiting. I'm just waiting, I'm just waiting, I'm just waiting. But wait for the Lord. If you actually get, go back to the original word, it's, it's a waiting with an anticipation. It's not passive. It's with an expectation that something that you're waiting for is going to happen. It's like, come to think of it, would you go to the station unless you actually, and you wait for a train, and the fact that, you know, you know there's no train going to come? You wouldn't do that, would you? Well, but you're there because you have an expectation. Now, the word, wait for the Lord, contains that confidence and expectation. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. David, who wrote this psalm, had a lot of events in his life where he would have been, I guess, tempted to despair. But he was waiting for the Lord. There was something in that. Now, I, I want, I'd like us to participate a little bit this morning. You all look sort of lively and ready to go. Uh, so let's have a little bit of participation. We're talking about, I would have despaired unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Anybody know of anyone? Or does anybody themselves have a reason to despair? Let's be real, because God dwells in reality, not unreality. He, he knows us, no matter what kind of face we put on things, he knows us because he knows us from our very insights. So let me ask the question again. Anyone have a reason to despair today? You know, he, he's not afraid of us being real and laying it out how it is. Why not? Uh, is it too personal to sort of say to somebody, maybe despair is a bit strong, but something that you're, you're struggling with? Is it, is it all right to talk when we come like this in a meeting? It is if I tell you so. <laughs> yeah, all right. Talk to somebody. Is it, did you ever have something like that? Have you got something like that? Because we're not here just to tell some story. We're here to meet with God. And to meet with God, we have to be real. So have a moment, talk to somebody. If you've got nothing, just tell them the time of day or something like that, okay? Be nice. Look friendly. Try smiling.
Okay, that was good. What was it that? What was it that actually stopped David falling into that pit of despair? Well, we just looked at it. The belief, the hope that he would see the goodness of God right here in this life. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So here's another one. What would it look like to see the goodness of God? in the land of the living for you. It's kind of an easier one than the first one. But it's still worth talking again. You seem to do really good at that. Let's try it again, shall we? If you didn't get on too well with the person you spoke to, just turn the other way. <laughs> Question again? All right, yes. What would it look like to see the goodness of God for you in the land of the living today? Yeah? Come on, try it. Try it. What would it look like to see the goodness of God? Okay. So what's the message today? What's the message today? Try again. That, okay? Good. So we have to make sure our hope is in the right place. It's not vulnerable to the elements. Where can we place our hope? Well, make this life as comfortable, as as unsuccessful as possible. I mean, the world around us, most people are engaged in doing that. The problem is the more we try to get this in order, the more elusive it can feel. How much money is enough? Well, just a little bit more. The money thing uh, just doesn't doesn't do it. I've told you before, back when I was stockbroking, I think I've told you this before, this particular client was one of the, the actual, not just in theory rich, but probably one of the richest clients that I had his whole life was given over to protect what he had. He had no enjoyment in it. And even when he would come to me uh, for the investment advice, it'd always be kind of, it's almost like sort of looking, hmm, hmm. So he couldn't really trust anybody because he felt everyone was trying to get what he got. Such a sad, sad situation. Working hard and then to collect what we then have to protect. We use God to achieve our own ends, to get things. We never want to be in a place that our possessions kind of possess us so that our life is dependent on having whatever it may be. Uh, you know, a better 
don't know, sound system or bigger television or any of those things. A greater sense of security in those things. The fact of the matter is that we weren't designed for this life only. We're made for a lot more than this. We are not restricted to the kind of go to work, earn the money to buy the food to give me strength, to go to work, to earn the money to buy the food to give me strength. What a miserable existence. God has called us into a love relationship with him and empowered us to live in a different way. Daniel was talking to us last week about a different, uh, an alternative and alongside reality. It's just as real. And we choose whether we're submitted to one or the other. Not designed just for this life, made for more than this but actually made for eternity. We're made to be part of something immortal. I mean, to be honest, when we get up in the morning and we look in the mirror, there are two realities. The one is, oh dear. The other is, wow. I'm made for something more. I'm equipped for something in addition that will go on forever. I have a purpose which is not limited to the mundane or the natural. I am a son of the king. I am related to the living God. Isn't there a bit of a wow factor in that? Yeah, I think so. Made to be something immortal. Not a material thing. Something bigger and beyond us. More than the traditional, was it nights, house, 2.4 children and a dog. Never a cat, is it? You've heard that phrase, you know, that normality yeah. it's an interesting thought somebody did research on holocaust survivors those that hoped in something that couldn't be taken away were the ones that survived more their hopes that went beyond their houses their possessions Etc. Matthew 6 says this Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves can break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves not break in and steal. Here's the point for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. little reflection question. You might want to talk with someone about this because we're a bit into that today, have you noticed? You might want to do that, you might not. Here's the question. What's a treasure? What are you choosing to treasure? A little thought, isn't it? Yeah? Anybody want to tell anybody that? What are you choosing to treasure? Sometimes it works well if you think about it to the point of having to say it. You know? It helps us concentrate. Say, what are you choosing to treasure? Yeah? Have a little thought. I'm giving, I'm giving you a moment. I'm not going on. What am I choosing to treasure? Life, yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. The life that God has given us. What else? Have a little thought. You're looking very, very pensive, very deep in thought. 
I mean, I can almost hear those brains, I was going to say ticking, but in some cases it would be clanking. Hmm. Is this life, if this life is all we are concerned about, we are in a desperate state, very vulnerable state. 1 Corinthians 15, you have hoped in Christ only in this life. We are, of all people, most to be pitied. So it's not about, not Christ, but if it's only for this life, for the things that I'm now doing. So Timothy says, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Way back at the beginning, I guess you could argue that Adam and Eve were trying to make life a bit better. We know where that ended up. The Bible says, can a man, by taking thought, the Bible says, add one cubit to his stature, that means, uh, can he grow? Just by taking thought. You know, if only I could take thought and be a bit taller, then when Daniel got to be taller than me, I wouldn't have had to stand on a step in order to feel that I could actually rebuke him. Because you can't really rebuke somebody looking up like that, can you? It doesn't work. And I tried, but just thinking, I'll just get some high heels or something like that. You can't add anything. Romans 1. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but the thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Knew God but neither glorified him or gave thanks to him. The result was a futility in mind and thinking. Trying to do it. Futile means you can't produce. Uh, infertile. Just going round and round. What I call cartwheels of the mind. The kind of thing maybe happens to you, I know you, I find it. I wake up in the night and the mind starts going. Round and round and round. And then I remember. God says, bring every thought into captivity. And everything God says, he gives us the ability to say, Yes, Lord, and the power to actually do it. I do not have to pursue that futile thinking, that self-effort thinking, because he's given me a new and a better life and the ability to live that. Not just cartwheels of the mind, despair and hopelessness. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Head down or up. Huh? Right. So, talking about that futile thinking, that would be in any context where we, well, when we take God out of the context, when we start trying to work it through, figure it out, we ignore the fact that he reigns and is in charge and powerful over everything. And so context is everything. So if you were to map your life and you said, oh, I'm really going nowhere at the moment, but you put that back into context, you realize, oh, actually, it's a blip in a trajectory that I'm part of. When you get something out of context, it can mean something very different. It could be 
a good corporate policy to back that thing up. But when said to another co-worker that's walked past you, why don't you back that thing up, it's very much out of context, could get you into a lot of trouble. Let the slower ones catch on to that one. There was a point where Elisha's servant could see the army around him, encircled him. That was pretty, pretty scary. And Elisha's prayer for his servant was that he would see in context and sees the armies of the Lord actually encircling their encirclement. When we think of David, when he did battle with Goliath, he could have looked at the size of Goliath, but he saw it in context. And so futile thinking is any thinking where we forget the context in which we are in. The purpose of this, brothers and sisters, is that we together look at these alternatives and recognize that it's a reality that we can be, what should I say, attacked or trapped in one place. Look again, that. But it's in the plan, purpose, and power of God that he's equipped us with this. Look down or up. The hope which he places within us. Hope that can't be stolen. Philippians 4 says, I can do all things through Christ. The truth is, on my own, actually I can do nothing. It's, it's a... I'm... I'm purchased into a new place where I can try and struggle and end up in despair or I can call upon the name of the Lord. Isaiah 40, for those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Hope that can't be stolen. Can't take that away. Renew their strength. Soar on wings like eagles. Run and not grow weary. Walk and not faint. Hope in God is about the fact that God is who he says he is. What does God, what does God say he is? What does God say he is as far as we're concerned? Father, yeah, I'll give you one, you shout out another one. Provider. Provider. Saviour. Saviour. Friend. Friend. Shepherd. Shepherd. Healer. Healer. I, it could go on and on, couldn't it? It's determining that we recognise that he is who he says he is. What a wonderful thing. Hoping the Lord will renew their strength. Soar on wings like eagles. Run and not grow weary. Walk and not be faint. Hoping in God being who he says he is. It's not a bad thing, you know, to take a bit of time to refresh our mind. It helps to kind of push out all the contrary things. The contrary thoughts. The questioning. That, that well... Um, did he really? Is he really? Did he mean? You know, those kind of questioning things. Uh, believing with our heart and confessing with our mouth, it's far more powerful than we realise. Philippines 3, I want to know Christ, just to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Lifting our eyes. Um, I think I'd like to look at that. Can you look at um, 
pull up Psalm 121, please. Um, I'll come, I'd like to come to that. Just, just read it for me. Whoever, whoever gets it first gets a toffee apple. Slow, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my hope come from? My hope comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Can we keep going? A little bit more, yeah. yeah. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he watches over Israel, will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. Yeah. Watches over us. What's the first part of that again? The Lord will keep you from all harm. He yeah. will watch over your life. Watch over you. Yeah. You know, sometimes, I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes... When I'm reading something like that, I get a, a, like a flashback memory that helped me to understand it. Does that ever happen? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about, I was a little kid. Isn't that amazing the things come back? I know it's only about 20 years ago, but uh, it's amazing how things come back to you. And I think that's the goodness of God sometimes, helping you to grasp and apply what you're saying. I remember, do you know what? I could even see where I was in the road and I was walking along. I don't know what age I was, but um, not that big. And my parents were some way behind me. And there was a couple of lads that came along that didn't realise that my parents were behind and they started to kind of jostle and, you know, they were just... Bully, I suppose. I didn't realise that my father watched over me. I'm just talking in the natural here. Um, and he wasn't a big man. He was an ex-boxer, but he wasn't a big man. But I was his son. Boy, he could move fast. And these, these two lads were bigger than him. But did he get hold of them both? Oh, yeah, they learned a lesson right there. That was just in the natural. Our Heavenly Father watches over us. Sometimes it's these things that kind of just help to bring to earth, to earth into us what he really means. And it's not just words in the scripture. Hmm. Waiting and dreaming. I'd love to sing you a song, but I know it's not really appreciated. No, no, no. no. It's, it's, it's sad, I know, but sometimes it's old songs that come. It's so old I couldn't... I, but I've never worried too much about accuracy of the words or the tune. And this is the one that came back, my glory and the lifter of my head. For you, O Lord, are a shield to me, my glory and the lifter of my head. It was just as I was thinking about this that this, this song came, so I looked it up. And uh, I thought, yeah, he is my glory, but I am his glory. I'm part of the glory, I'm part of showing what God is like. Wow! I'm not just, you know, poor old John toddling along and through life, you know. No, I am part of the glory of God. I'm born again by the Spirit of God. I'm part of his glory. And he is the one that lifts my head. I, I've not got the ability to do it. I don't have to have the ability to do it. Because he promises that. And he gives us the route to walk down which is what we're looking at today. My glory 
and the lifter of my head. For you, O Lord, are a shield to me, protecting me from the enemy. Wow. Isn't God good? Isn't he good? Yeah. 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 How did I get into that? I was the song, my glory and the lifter of my head. You can't remember it, can you? Nor could I. (laughs) How about a little bit of dreaming? Hmm. It's time for that. Waiting and dreaming. Take time to dream. David says, wait for the Lord. All right? We've already covered what does that mean with an expectation. It's a positive thing. I think it's, take, it's, it's time to get into dreaming. Now, it's not strong doctrine, so I've not really gone into it today, but I actually believe and I think I can prove, but whether I'd be able to get it past Neil, I'm not sure, but I would try. But I believe we can dream our way into the mind of God, where we step back from the limitations of our own rationale and begin to say, Lord, what do you want? What could it be like? We begin to see things. There's a place for what I'm calling dreaming, we might call it something something else. Waiting, contemplating, being still before him, but not, not in a kind of cocked-out sense. Dreaming. Time to take a dream. Fields of white under harvest. There's a preferable future. Greater things than these shall you do because I go to my Father in heaven. Ability in our current situation to know and demonstrate him. See, it's one thing to dream of a new, bigger-sized freezer or something like that. But actually to our current circumstances, where we are, what we're doing, to begin to say, hmm, Lord, what have you got? Do you know what tends to happen? Instead of being down, we begin to look up to him who we look to because our redemption is in him. We begin to say, Lord, you said the fields are white unto harvest. Let me see. Let me see what it is. What does, what does that mean? What does that mean in my street? What does it mean in my family? What does it mean amongst my friends? Beginning to ask him, beginning to look. Here's my challenge. Or here's my... Yeah, I don't really do suggestions. Here's my challenge. How about a bit of dreaming? How about lifting up? Lord, I see the reality of what is... But I now am looking to you for what your plan is, what could be. Looking into a preferable future vision. In this present place, looking into a preferable future. I'm going to challenge you for, for some dreaming, for some of that waiting, for that contemplating before the Lord. Take some time to dream. We could even we could even take a yeah, why not do let's have a couple of minutes now. This is not really a talking thing. Let's just take a couple of minutes. But just as Lord, what what have you got? Pick up a particular situation. Pick up a particular how you feel, where you're at. Just begin to say, Lord. Can you show me, what, what could it be like? Take a moment or two to do that. We said it's about some participation today.
fields are white unto harvest. I'd be really interested if anybody got something that really came to them, just dreaming, just saying, Lord, come and tell us, let us know. I mean, we're brothers and sisters together, so it's okay that we can, we can be real, can't we? And talk to one another. Yeah? As you did that, as you were dreaming, was there something that particularly seemed to float into your mind? It could be about a development. It could be about a, a major change. It could be about a slight adjustment. It could be about some place of, of freedom or deliverance. Hmm. Feel free to come and, come and share it. Fields of white unto harvest. We're looking for a preferable future. Greater things shall you do than these. Basically, an ability in our current circumstances to know and demonstrate him. Goodness of God, his glory. God intends us, intends for us to see his glory. His glory will fill the earth as the water, the seas. God publicizes his glory for our benefit. It's the antidote to this world's disease of sin. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Knowing God is with you, even in the fire, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Talking with Panola yesterday. It wasn't just what she said, but it was how she was. I'm saying, I'm seeing what it's like for God to lift up, sustain, support, strengthen someone in his own special way as they walk through this particular horrendous fire. You know, if we lift up our heads, if we begin to see, if we look unto the hills from whence cometh our strength, instead of seeing all what's down here, we begin to catch a sight of who he is and what he's doing. And that is where God is calling us to. Not a blessed unreality, but the reality of this what we said last week, this alternative reality. But God, God is here. God is in this. Let me see. For I had despaired unless I'd believed to see the hand of the God, hand of God in the land of the living, where we started off this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't God good? A lifting of the heads. A seeing beyond the immediate. Looking and hearing what God is saying at this time. I believe this is what God is saying to us. Otherwise we wouldn't be stood standing here sharing that today. It's a lifting of the heads. A looking to see. Right now, Right now, there are things that I believe God's putting in your mind, applications of this, possible changes, not necessarily in the circumstance, but how you see it and how you view it. Why would he do that? Well, first of all, because he loves us, but because he wants to position us to be sharing in his glory as we walk and step, step by step with him. Hearing him and doing it. Tim Keller said, God is most glorified when we find our greatest satisfaction in him. We're image bearers. We're here to show the glory of God, to be part of the light of the world, salt in the earth. 
a calling. What an amazing commissioning and equipping that they may see your good deeds and what? Say, oh, what a great guy John is. No, lose it right there. That they may see your good deeds and what? Glorify your Father in heaven. We kind of point to him in our responses, in our actions. That's a bit of a high thing. Yes. But we've been commissioned to that. We've been born again to that. Not have meetings in buildings till Jesus comes, but to actually be part of this light in the darkness and salt in the earth, lifting up our heads. Yeah, there's pressure. There's concern. We were away on holiday. And of course we were very much in touch with what was happening and particularly with PJ and a number of other situations. And then my nephew called. Uh, I didn't even know who it was at first. Never called before. I thought I'd best let you know that your sister has had an aneurysm and uh, she's just come through several hours of surgery and... Uh, we need to be praying. Do you know, sometimes you get a number of things and then you get one other thing and you kind of think, oh, my glory and the lifter of my head. Does it mean we're not concerned? Does it mean we shrug it off? No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about another reality. Actually hearing, knowing and seeing God. Instead of there, there, lifting up the head. Colossians 1, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Could it be they're used by God to reveal his glory? by the way you are enabled to live, not out of current circumstances, but in it and through it. A kind of Holy Ghost serenity when the storm is raging around about. And I have to say, guys, that's not about having all our ducks in a row and frankly even when our ducks are out of line we're still able to love and give and share and lay down our life we don't need the right situation to glorify God we just need a heart that turns to him and a willingness to look up rather than down so how do we how do we apply how do we respond well We often miss the power of confession and the biblical thing of ask, which asking means uh, I am, I, I'm without something. You know, uh, I, I want to make a call. Please lend me your phone. It's asking because I don't have it. It's a confession of this recognizing here's something that I have, that I don't have, that I need. So we ask. We confess. We come in reality. We started from this place, that reality. I'm in despair. I'm worried. I'm not in peace. I'm struggling to believe. But I'm choosing, by your goodness, Lord, by your grace, to believe that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. It's okay to be real before God. Actually, that's one of the values of having real relationship one with another. Because it's very useful sometimes. Remember, we're part of the body of Christ. Very useful sometimes. 
as well as to speak to God, to speak to somebody you know who loves and cares for us, who's looking out for us. Something about, uh, I know there's an old proverb, it's not in the Bible, but what is it, a problem shared is a problem halved, something like that. I don't think it's in the Bible. If it is, somebody needs to give me the reference. But, uh, I'm not really just thinking that. I'm thinking that there is a place, not so much in anything that someone can bring. It's something about being real and saying where it is. The principle of confession of need, primarily to God, but God gives us members of his body. I don't want to focus on looking after ourselves and choose to trust him and commit ourselves to be used by him. See, there's two ways. The Bible talks about a broad way and a narrow way. The broad way would largely be expressed with the things we've been talking about. We're somehow muddled through. We're along with the crowd. This is the way it happens. This is the norm. Uh, the narrow way is, is the picture the Bible gives. It's, it's a lot easier to go the broad way. But the end there is, is, is a way of, of destruction, not a way of life. The narrow way does not promise freedom from pressure. It promises, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. It promises that at any moment I can turn and he's there. And no matter how far I've drifted, he's never left me. And I can come. And then it's not a question of self-help to lift up the head. My God, my glory and what? The lifter of my head. God never intended we do this by struggle power, but we do it by his power. He places his hope in us. I believe he intends that our life can be something greater than our own comfort and satisfaction. To see the smile of his approval and his his hand upon us and his metaphorically his hand under my chin and lifting it up. Let's pray. Father we turn to you. We submit this to you the goodness of God in the land of the living. Lord we submit to you certainly as we face these challenges and battles and and we bring to you our deep concern and our crying need. Lord, out of a sense of desperation. And yet, Lord, is this what you're saying to us? My glory and the lifter of my head. Lord, is this your word? We're daring to believe, Lord, that there's something... We, in this company of people, there's something that you're wanting to say to us and bring us into at this time. Lord, that our head be lifted up, that we might see thee and look unto the Lord, unto the hills from whence cometh my strength. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, for each one now, for my brothers and sisters, here this morning or on Zoom, that are receiving this as saying, hmm, I think God is speaking to me. Now, Lord, we ask that you would confirm your word with signs following. Confirm your word, Lord. As we seek to turn not from ourselves. Not to depend on ourselves. Not try to get through on any kind of brave face or struggle power. Lord, will you be the one as we put our hope in you. Lord, that we might lift up our heads. Lord, that we might see beyond the immediate. Lord, that we might catch hold of your purpose individually and corporately at this time. Lord, we choose to turn to you.
We turn, Lord, to the one. We say with David, I would have despaired unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Lord, cause us, please, to see something, to catch something of your heart and mind, to understand what it is, Lord, to have be lifted up by the everlasting arms. Lord, to experience a peace in the storm. Lord, to know the reality of your presence. And Lord, to look beyond and to see that which you're wanting us to face our vision upon, the goodness of God and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that we may be, as it were, in a place of being lifted up, not only just in the reality of your presence, but the expression of that. Lord, as we worship, as we pray, as we share together, Lord, will you lift us into a different level? Because we want to follow hard after you and we recognise we need your grace for that. And we ask it, Lord, for your glory. Amen.